0: Well, wasn't that insane? Vikings beat the Falcons somehow, someway, despite everything. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome everybody to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for those of you who do make this show your first listen every single day. My hashtag everydayers. I appreciate you greatly. Love hearing from you. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, any uh, streaming place, SiriusXM. You can find us on the uh, SiriusXM app, as well as Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app or just search the show out on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Boy, the Vikings sure pulled one out there. Uh, (laughs) The Vikings win 31-28. the final score. Uh, Incredibly deceptively normal score for one of the least normal games we've seen in a while. This one felt like it was straight out of 2022. Um, Jaron Hall gets the start for two drives. One of them looked pretty good, and then he gets a concussion, and he'll be out for the game it uh, feels likely that he'll be out next week as well. It's not super common for guys to get a concussion and then come back for the next game. Brock Purdy did, uh, but we'll go with that's controversial. <laughs> so probably the Josh Dobbs show again next week, and we got the Josh Dobbs show today. This was the Josh Dobbs legacy game. This was Dobbs starting out. I mean, safety on the first drive and then a, a, a terrible fumble, but also... You know, driving the team down, scrambling and converting in huge situations, scrambling around, I think, on a third and seven, on on a key fourth and seven at the end of the game, and uh, the touchdown that you probably all remember. And uh, the way that those things sequenced out kind of helps explain why this game is so hard to explain. Um, I, I mean, Josh Dobbs comes in, gets a safety, three plays and a safety, and then the next time he gets the the ball. He gets into another third and 11, gets a bailout DPI, and then fumbles the ball for first and goal Atlanta uh, on the next drive. So it's like safety and a fumble right away. And it's like, oh my God, this dude's a catastrophe. And Atlanta has the ball in point blank range, and they're totally going to score, right? But very, very key defensive stop. And then the Vikings go score a touchdown. And we're kind of in this back and forth affair from there they go into halftime down just 10 to 11 after the safety made the score weird but coming out of halftime again three plays in a turnover uh Josh Dobbs will fumble again so he has two fumbles it, it might have been an interception I think it officially counts as a fumble um where he gets hit kind of as he throws the ball gets stripped out it lands directly in the arms of a defensive tackle and it just sets up the Falcons again with like perfect field goal range, but the defense gets the stop and the defense stepped up huge. We're going to talk a little bit about how the defense stepped up huge later in the show, but it should be noted that the Vikings, you know, I mean, they claw their way back into this one largely because of, uh, Josh Dobbs converting, you know, third downs and, and finding his way back into field goal range, back into scoring range. Um, and the big one happened, I think it was the end of the third quarter, with josh dobbs on a three vertical concept two verticals on the outside and then a sluggo on the inside or it wasn't sluggo they call it archo it's like an out and up basically um stick nod maybe you've heard it i think they call it archo uh anyways he didn't like it he scrambles and he runs and on that play you could see hawkinson was actually in a one-on-one open for a touchdown and tristan jackson was actually open for a touchdown as the deep safety cleared Uh, the clear, the middle of the field and Tristan Jackson, who was running the double move actually was absolutely open on that. So there were places to throw it, but he bails on it and he runs, um, and a fantastic block from Cam Akers, uh, that unfortunately Cam Akers will tear his Achilles later in this game. And that'll probably do it for his season, which is a bummer. We'll talk more about that later. Um, but Dobbs will run into the end zone. And then suddenly it's 21-21. And the next two Falcons or the two Falcons drives on either side of that drive, the one that gave them the ball was a one-play turnover, Bijan Robinson fumble. And then the next play, the Falcons throw an interception to Byron Murphy. Um, so it's just this Falcons meltdown, mixed with the Vikings kind of figuring it out, and suddenly they claw their way back into a game that felt like we certainly don't have a chance in this one, right? We certainly don't have a chance in this one, right? It felt so impossible for the Vikings to be in this position, but nevertheless, here they are. Um, The next score came uh, on a a pretty good run drive for the Falcons, not pretty good, an incredible run drive for the Falcons, where they just ran the ball down the Vikings' throats. Uh, They actually had, you might remember a play where Taylor Heineke escaped the pocket on a third and eight and converted. They then ran six plays in a row, and they were all middle zone. Sometimes with a lead blocker, sometimes not, and that was it. And the only other difference was whether they ran strong or weak, but it was all just mid-zone, 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 mid-zone. Spammed it six times in a row, touchdown Falcons. Really, really bad run defense. For a run defense that had played very, very well up to that point, I think they just were guessed at that point. They were just tired. Um, so the Vikings had to go two-minute drill with Josh Dobbs, and they will drive down and get it, featuring uh, a an incredible Jordan Addison catch on the sideline. Uh, like a definitely going to be up there for catch of the year kind of catch. Uh, they had a fourth and seven where Josh Jobs was in the grasp of a defender, got out of it, scrambled and converted. And the go-ahead touchdown to Brandon Powell, and the Vikings would win on that. But I think that the thing that makes this the Josh Dobbs legacy game is stuff that has been coming out all over the place, all over the media about just how the Vikings pulled this off. They had prepared all week for Jaron Hall to be the starter, to be the quarterback. He took every practice rep, right? Because you're not going to sit there and give Josh Dobbs random practice reps when you're trying to get Jaron Hall ready. That's just a waste of practice reps. And that's pretty normal. The backup does not get a lot of practice reps. In the actual game. I mean, they'll get the Jaron Hall's gotten scout team reps. That's probably the best you can do. Um, so Josh Dobbs got basically no practice. Uh, he had learned whatever he had learned of the playbook, but nobody really expected him to know it all the way going into this game. He'd been in the building for five days, four days, I think, because he flew in on Wednesday. But God, as fun and impressive as that is, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. He had a sideline deal with the the offensive line. There's a video of him going over his snap cadence with the offensive line and being like, "This is the snap cadence," and the and the line kind of working with him to try to get it. The point is that you want as the backup, you want your snap cadence to be as identical as possible to the starter's snap cadence. So they're all trying to sound like Kirk, basically. Um, so because that, that's what the O line is used to. So they're like working on that in the sideline. Um, they, Josh Dobbs didn't even know these guys' names. He didn't know the play names. He was like, I, yeah, I'm throwing it to four, I guess. Like, it's not normal (laughs) at all what happened in this game. And as crazy and impressive as that is, and we will be talking about it for a long time, this is like a legacy moment. This is the coolest thing Josh Dobbs will ever have in his career until he wins the Super Bowl. It almost feels like... Kevin O'Connell needs more credit for it, for being able to relay and install his offense on the fly and actually get the dude to understand it properly. That's a coaching masterclass. I mean, that is teaching, right? Teaching quickly, on the fly, everything that makes coaching hard, he did with flying colors and keeping this the the team on schedule. And, and I think just a culture win, too. The The culture of this team is one that has no quit in it. If ever there were a time for a team to quit and for you to feel like, yeah, that's fair... <laughs> Is, you know, all right, well, we're on quarterback four. We were even excited about Jaron Hall, but he's out now. And and now Cam Akers is out. And we don't have Saw, by the way, out with a groin injury. No JJ. Cousins is gone. All right, let's whatever. Let's just survive this day and go home and lick our wounds, right? Like everyone would be like, Yeah, all right, that's fair, guys. No, they all fought and scraped and clawed like hell and got the Vikings a win. And it's the most earned win I've I've ever ever seen as much as, yeah, they got gifted a a bad throw by Heineke and all that stuff. Overcoming those circumstances, staying in the game, hanging around and playing hero ball when you need to. Uh, Go Josh Dobbs, go Kevin O'Connell, go Vikings. Vikings win. So there's a couple of things that are worth talking about uh, with in particular how the run game is going to go. With Cam Akers out and how the defense really stepped up and played its part in even allowing the Vikings to do this, as much as 31-28 doesn't feel like exactly a uh, low-scoring game, the defense still played really well. So we got a lot to get into. Thank you so much to the sponsor of today's episode, LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn Jobs. Just add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your company's page and it'll spread the word that you're Hiring. They have all kinds of simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with the actual right skills and experience so you don't waste time on someone that doesn't fit your company and what you guys specifically need, your team, your culture, all of that stuff. It's all very unique. There is no one size fits all to this and LinkedIn understands that. Plus they've got the biggest pool of people ever to choose from and tools that can help you narrow it down so that you're not overwhelmed by a huge stack of of resumes. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Make sure you check out the NFL kickoff live thing that we do on YouTube uh, on Fridays on this channel, any NFL channel. Uh, it is a live discussion show talking about what happened on Thursday Night Football and previewing the games ahead. So make sure you check that out. Also check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL. You can see film breakdowns of everything Josh Dobbs did and probably something maybe about the run game. I don't know, maybe something about the secondary and how the defense played. But I do actually want to focus on the run game now for a second. Uh, With Cam Akers going out, he is feared to have torn an Achilles. Kevin O'Connell said that after the game. They'll do the MRI thing to confirm. But a lot like with Kirk Cousins is it's like, that's an Achilles. And we're going to have to. We'll confirm it on Monday and do the formality. But it's an Achilles. So the Vikings were doing something a little bit more interesting with their running backs. with, With Madison and Akers in this game where instead of going every other drive, they were going every two. So it'd be two Madison drives, two Acres drives, two Madison drives, two Acres drives, which is an interesting way, I guess, to get those guys in a little bit more of a rhythm while still having a sort of 50-50 even split. And as I had watched, uh, I, I did a Patreon video on uh, last week on Madison versus Acres, which is now free to watch, by the way, so you can, whether or not you've joined, you can go watch it, please do, uh, and basically came away with the conclusion that 50-50 is proper. I kind of thought, look, they both have, you know, they're making kind of the same mistakes. They're doing the same things well. Neither guy has really proven themselves to be a cut above the other. And they both, I think, have earned 50% of the share. That's the way that I felt about it. Which it might be a hard sell to people because a lot of people are really, really upset with Madison and really excited about Acres. But I kind of think that, they, that they're that they doing the same things. You know, the same, they take wide tosses like too wide and, and sometimes they, they both have had times where they've been hesitant to hit a hole and they both have had times where they've you know had done a great job navigating their way through a well-blocked zone Um, so I kind of felt like they were on the same page a little bit so losing acres and essentially what we'll do now is go back my guess is we'll go back to you know 10 drives of Madison two drives of Ty Chandler Or it'll be two drives of Ty Chandler and Madison gets the rest of the game, basically. It was going to be the way that this probably uh, shakes out. Unless they want to try to give Ty Chandler more of a a run. But I don't don't really see what he's done to earn that. uh, Where, you know, Madison, I still think, is probably the best back in the room. And it's like, I mean, you can't trade for anybody else now, right? Like, there's not, like, a starting quality running back just sitting out there on free agency. Like, those guys have all been snapped up by now. So we're probably just in the place that we were before uh, Cam Akers got to Minnesota, which is it's the Alexander Madison show, for better or worse. So for fantasy people, yeah, your Madison shares are back, Uh, (laughs) I guess. And of course, I mean, how devastating for Cam Akers, who tears his other Achilles. This isn't the Achilles that knocked him out so bad. In uh, Los Angeles, it's his other Achilles, and now he's in a—that's he, a contract year, so now he goes in a free agency coming off of Achilles, and knowing what that did to him before, it's just going to be so hard for him to find a place. I, I think the Vikings should bring him in, and, you know, he might still be rehabbing it and stuff, so you might not see a lot of him in camp, and, and it might be like a pup thing or a practice squad thing, but I think the, I think he's found a home here. Uh, it seems like he he's found a home here at least. Uh, so i'm ready for cam akers to to stay and i mean it's not like he's going to be expensive right so it's not like this cost benefit thing i i think he's earned a chance to come in and in and compete at least uh as for madison and what to expect i mean it's kind of, it's i mean it's going to be the more of the same but i do think that it was also more of the same with with akers in there too uh so the the run game mightily struggled in this game against Atlanta, uh, and I don't think it was much on the running backs at all for as much as I just talked about them. Um I think it was more the blocking. From my live eye, which I say a lot on this show, but I, it bears repeating, uh, very wrong all the time. So, <laughs> grain of salt, I'll watch the tape, I'll get back to you and, and confirm or deny all this. Uh, but... Instant reaction, best guess I got on just what I could notice at live speed, Bradbury disaster class. It felt like he was getting shed like every play, uh, and the interior in general. I think Reisner had a couple rough ones. I think Ingram had a couple rough ones. Uh, no Christian Derisos. You had David Quessenberry. He gave up a couple of key pressures that were both of the Josh Dobbs turnovers, but a lot of one of those was just taking way too long. Um, one of those was, or it was uh, one of the fumbles in the safety. Um, were David Questenberry, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a place like PFF credit those to Dobbs instead because one of them Dobbs stepped up and ruined Questenberry's angle, one of them was uh just Dobbs hanging onto the ball forever. So hard as an O lineman to like be expected to block for more than three and a half or four seconds. Um, and that is something about Dobbs that I noticed in this game a lot is when he would kind of get back to his drop depth, he wouldn't stay there, he would then. Try to step up and like climb the pocket or something like that. But but O-line is, like they are given a target area to defend, but they don't have eyes in the back of their head. So they can't see if the quarterback has moved up or around. So if you move up into the pocket, you got to understand the O-line is not blocking for there. They're blocking for where you are. But Dobbs just has that internal clock, which when you don't know the those nuances and details of the offense, it makes sense to just say, man, it's been a couple seconds. There might be pressure. Um, and then start to run around, but that's something that you're going to have to kind of, as we go through this week, there's a lot of things that you're just going to have to kind of work on knowing that Dobbs is probably the entrenched starter. At the very least, he's going to be in practice because even if Jaron Hall gets cleared before like Friday, uh, or before he has to, to play in the game, he's not going to practice all week. So it has to be Josh Dobbs and then you can kind of go into some of those things with him and say no 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 on this play it's a seven step drop that's an 8 yard drop depth and your tackle is blocking for 8 yards so if you step up to 6 you're giving him you're giving up inside leverage uh for the for the defensive end you're you're letting him have that and hopefully kind of understanding that stuff things can get a little bit smoother but i think i, I think it was just a really bad day for the o-line up front in the run game. Decent in pass pro, but it's kind of hard to tell because your quarterback's bailing and running around all the time. Um, bad day in the run. But I haven't talked really at all about the day that the defense has had, which despite the score of 28 points, uh, a lot of that you can't put on the defense. And I think you can put a lot of this win on the shoulders of the defense and the way Brian Flores has this unit play Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, FanDuel would have been a great place to go bet the Vikings money line because it was pretty high plus odds. And if you're new and you go to FanDuel, you can get $150 back in bonus bets if you win any $5 money line bet. So you can go to FanDuel.com. You can put any money line bet down, even one with like super, super, super short odds, like some heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. Put five bucks on that, and assuming you win, you get $150 in bonus bets. So you get any money line you want functionally at 30 to 1 odds. That's the way I like thinking about it. Um, Pretty crazy deal at FanDuel.com. The app is great. They've got spreads, player Player props, over unders, uh, a whole bunch of weird props and touchdown scorer, all of that stuff. You can mash it all together in crazy parlays. It's safe, secure, really easy to use. And when you win, you're paid out instantly. So go to fanduel.com slash locked on. You can claim that $150 bonus bets just by winning any $5 money line bet. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. Quick word on the defense before we get out of here. Uh, the defense, good, actually. Brian Flores, good. <laughs> it was an interesting day for the defense, uh, which is pretty healthy relative to the offense. So you have um, Daniel Hunter. You don't have Marcus Davenport, but you have Daniel Hunter, and you have all your corners and stuff like that. Um, both Andrew Booth and Makai Blackman got some run. Lots of Josh Metellus. Lots of everybody. In this one, uh, moments from everybody, too. A great pass breakup by Jordan Hicks, who I thought had a rough day in coverage, but kind of acquitted himself. Um, great sack by Ivan Pace where he bowled over not one but two guards he actually took on a double team and bowled it over both those guys had some weird like angles and balance like they weren't really attacking him on a good base which is on them but like still though like still wow like that's just an incredible play from a guy the size of Ivan Pace like 235 pounds he's knocking over guys that have 80 pounds a piece on him and there's two of them um and getting a sack. You had the Byron Murphy interception where he undercut a route from the outside that Heineke had thrown behind the receiver a little bit, and he kind of jumped under it. Caleb Evans that forced the Bijan Robinson fumble, and Josh Mattel is picking it up. Um, Everybody got in. DJ Wanham had some great pressure moments. Uh, Daniil Hunter, of course, had his. Uh, Harrison Phillips, Jaqueline Roy had a great run stop. Uh, There's just a lot of cool stuff. In this one, uh, from just about everybody. And I I think what was interesting about the defense so it's Taylor Heineke, right? Like, Taylor Heineke is not Justin Herbert. He's got a lot of grit, and there's a lot to like about Taylor Heineke, but I think we all understand that he's a little bit limited uh, in in certain ways. And so I kind of thought the Vikings were going to send the house at him a whole bunch because that's how they've attacked all these quarterbacks Bryce Young and, you know, Fields and Love. Like, let's send. Oh, well, I guess they didn't blitz Love. They blitzed Love like 37% of the time, which is, I think, would lead the league if it were average uh, and it weren't the Vikings and it not for the Vikings. I think 37 is like the second place team's average. So still like a pretty heavy blitz, but it's nothing like the craziness we've seen in other games. And it seemed like they didn't send a lot at all in this. I mean, they did blitz some, but they did a lot more drop eight, a lot of three man rushes. And those three man rushes were getting home, which is huge, right? That's asking so much more of your edge rushers of Wanam and Hunter in particular and, and Patrick Jones. Uh, and getting those guys actually home made a huge difference. Some of it was Heineke too, doing a lot of the same stuff that Dobbs was doing with like just kind of bailing out in situations where he didn't have to, which is a gift because now things have just gotten harder on the offense, and you didn't really have to do anything to make it happen. And you got eight guys in coverage, so good luck finding stuff. So you know, you had some throwaways. I, I, the the run defense in particular, outside of that horrifying six play zone, all zone sequence. And that drive where they just ran it over and over and over again, where they were just tired at the end. The, the run defense was phenomenal. And I think a lot of that credit goes to Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks was great run filling. I think Daniel Hunter was especially impactful uh, against the run. And there was just, there's so much to to like defensively. I know that it's the Falcons offense and that they have a lot of issues with their personnel usage and everybody's really mad that it's not Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and that it's, you know, and but it it ultimately it was Taylor Heineke not being good enough. Because there were opportunities, even in the drop eight stuff, there were holes in that zone. There were windows to throw. But Heineke was either late to them, couldn't find them, threw a lot of passes way too high. And again, there is something to the defensive philosophy of requiring the other guys to be better than they are. To just say, you have to be super, super precise to beat us. And we know that you're not. So you're going to fail that task. And that's that's what happened. And now, that said, 28 points. Not the best output, right? There was one 60-yard Johnny Smith screen touchdown where they just got him on a, on a bubble screen. They had motioned somebody across. So they took a defender uh, away from the, the, or was it a bubble? It might have just been a smoke screen. It doesn't matter. A, a perimeter screen um, took a guy away from that. So they had the numbers advantage and essentially it was up to Cam and Bynum as the free safety and he takes too uh shallow of an angle. So Johnny Smith gets by him and then it's a foot race and you're just, you just gave up a 60 yard touchdown thrown at the line of scrimmage to uh, <laughs> a tight end. That's not a great look. So you still have that, those moments and, and those windows, but when the offense was just failing, was just falling apart. Um, and that was when, you know, Jaron Hall was out and then you had this safety. Um, they got the the defense lets up one field goal, so it's three to eight, and then you get a fumble goal line possession, right? That is, I think, the inflection point for the defense where okay, it is three to eight. We're not dead yet, but then we just gave up a fumble. If it becomes three to 15, you feel like you're, I mean, that's five times, right? Like if the, that scoreboard just feels so bad and stopping that and making it so the, the Falcons have to kick, which is just absolutely incredible. First off, the Falcons false start on first and goal from the one. So it's first and goal from the six, but they get it all back on the very next play. And then you get an exploded toss play and an exploded zone, zone play, just some crazy stuff by Metellus. Hicks, Hunter, uh, and force them to kick. So it's only three to eleven. And the Vikings score a touchdown on the very next possession, and suddenly you feel like it's a game like that. To me, was the point where I tweeted it out. Like the defense was just holding this game together, like the the train scene in the in the Spider Man two, the second one from Sam Raimi where he's just like barely holding this thing on. It's like the defense is just holding this thing together, hoping that the offense can get it together. And that's complimentary football, right? It's everybody holding on for everybody. So there's so much more to like about this. Uh, but I think this just this goes down ultimately as the Josh Dobbs legacy game. This is the Josh Dobbs figured it out on the fly, drawn plays in the dirt. It's all heart and it's all grit. Uh, if you wanted the Vikings to lay down and quit, this is going to be the evidence that they'll never do that. Get that idea out of your head. It's fantasy. It's never going to happen. If they were ever going to do it, it was going to be now. Uh, even if you you think they're wrong, you can disagree with it all you want. It ain't happening. Um, personally, I love that because I like watching my favorite team win. So, uh, Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. A normal Twitter Tuesday for the first time. So, if you want to ask me a question. Get it to me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL or at Locked On Vikings. You can leave a YouTube comment. You can fill out the Google form in the show notes if you have something a little more long form, longer for Twitter, uh, or send me an email if you prefer at, uh, at Locked On Vikings podcast at gmail.com. I'll answer all those questions tomorrow. We'll go into some tape on Wednesday. Then it's into Saints mode. I'll see y'all tomorrow. And as always, skull.